0: Hey, sober family, welcome to I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, the podcast where we're learning to love ourselves instead of booze. So
1: as time goes by, you say, you know what? So I'm not tall like a Victoria's Secret model. No, I'm not the smartest in the room. But then, you know what? If I was, I'd be in the wrong room. You've got to learn from people, right? (laughs) Today,
0: Al and I have a very cool guest. Kim Bellis from Montreal, who is the founder of Sober is the New Cool. She's a sober mom who has a passion for inspiring her children and the rest of us to love ourselves more than alcohol. I'm your host, Dana Krall, and I'm a former army chaplain who developed a toxic relationship with alcohol after leaving the military. And I stayed on a roller coaster of rock bottoms, recoveries and relapses until finally, in the winter of 2022, I found my way out of the cycle by connecting with people like you. After Kissing Alcohol Goodbye, my goal is to never go back, but I can't do it alone. So let's break up with booze together. With me in the studio today is Al K. Hallfree, my spirit animal and uh, co-host. So Kim, without further ado, welcome to the show and please tell us more about your story.
1: Thank you. And firstly, I want to thank you for having me because I really believe that by talking about alcohol and drug abuse and mental health, we are going to help everybody and everybody's going to just benefit. So with that said, basically, my story starts in 2013. My youngest son, Matthew, uh, started having grand mal seizures from one day to the next. So needless to say, our our life just, you know, kind of went into shock mode. After a few months, we realized that, in fact, he um, did have epilepsy all sports were taken away so imagine a 13 year old can't even ride a bike until we get his meds fixed um so it was just a disaster um finally after a few months we got him on the right meds and I said okay life's got to go back to normal we got to start you know uh, you got to see your friends so I take him bring him to see his friends half hour later he called me and said mom come and get me So after the third time, I said, no, 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 something's not working here. So I went downstairs and said, Matthew, what is going on? And he said, mom, I don't fit in. The whole world either drinks or smokes pot and it's no fun for me and I'm not allowed. So I'd rather just come home. At that, I started to say to Matthew, you don't need booze to have fun. And I had the biggest glass of wine in my hand. And I thought, okay, that's pretty hypocritical, isn't it? So with that moment, I said, okay, I'm going to stop drinking for three months to show you that, you know, because I was a a wine drinker. And I mean, did I drink too much? Yeah. But was I out of control? No. But was alcohol, my friend? Obviously not. Because next January, January 2023, it'll be 10 years. I've never had another drink. So Sober is the New Cool started just for my son, Matthew, for him to be able to go out into the world because I was 50 and people would say to me oh you didn't have a problem with alcohol just come here we'll have one little drink together no one will know well i knew and i didn't want to disappoint my son and quite honestly at that point i was kind of realizing you know what i was drinking too much i wasn't as positive as i should be i wasn't exercising as much so we started Sober is the New Cool. My sister made a logo and everybody laughed and said, Oh my God, how could you say sober and cool in the same <laughs> sentence? This is just absurd, right? And here we are 10 years later and we're helping people all over the world. Um, it just exploded. Don't ask me how, where, why. Um, We just started, I started getting all these messages either on Facebook or Instagram. And it was a lot of people, I would say from the age of, you know, anywhere from 20 at the beginning to about 50. And then now it's just every age group. And, you know, I've never had daughters and I have daughters all over the world right now. And, um, you know, I answer their messages and I, I don't pretend to be a doctor or a psychiatrist, what I do is I try to find the best way for them to remain sober and to rebuild their self-esteem. That's really my main objective is to keep people sober and, you know, do this "I am" exercise, which is quite easy for me to start with them, because I send them one word in the morning and at night, I ask them to place their hand on their heart and repeat. The word and I start with simple words like funny sporty because quite honestly most people that reach out are at a quite a low point in their life and they don't even see any qualities that they have and I want to remind them that they have so many and so for the first week I'll send them back and forth and then I'll say okay your turn And I have um, one young girl I did it with. She's a fantastic, fantastic nurse. And during COVID, imagine, you know. So I started the I am with her. And she said, um, oh, I'm having a hard time. She goes, well, I guess I'm a hard worker. I said, no, no, one word. And I wrote dedicated, which means the same thing. But when she repeated, I am dedicated, the smile that came across her face was completely different than saying I'm hardworking. So With that said, I say things like lovable, blessed, safe, um, priceless, unique, awesome, cool, uh, smart, witty. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And people do remember all of a sudden, oh, you know what? She's right. I am kind of like that. Because they all say kind of at the beginning, you know? And honestly, for me, it took me till I was 60 years old. I'm 61 now. To finally believe that I'm good enough, because I say that often, I am enough to start with these people. And it's hard to believe that because you say to yourself, well, yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. And then as time as time goes by, you say, you know what? So I'm not tall like a Victoria's Secret model. No, I'm not the smartest in the room. But then, you know what? If I was, I'd be in the wrong room. You've got <laughs> to learn from people, right? Like." Yeah? That that's the reality, and I don't want people to feel like they have to explain why they drink or they don't drink or why you know they are on medication for depression. It's nobody's business if somebody um, is going through a journey. Make it easier for them. Don't make it harder.
0: Yeah, and just I'm so glad you mentioned the I am exercise because we actually did that right before I uh, started the episode and I did exactly what you said. I like said something and then I chuckled like, instead of saying, no, like that actually is me. And I'll believe that about myself if I just keep saying it. So I will say that right now, place my hand on my heart and say, I am magnificent and it's hard, (laughs) still hard. But tell me about what's the significance of the placing the hand on, on the chest.
1: Well, to me, I, I've, I've, you know, I guess because my kids are now 25 and 27, I've seen a lot of young kids um, have suicidal uh, thoughts or tendencies. And, you know, it seems to be everywhere. And, you know, I had read somewhere when you place your hand on your heart, you feel your heart beating. So it's a sign that you are alive and thank goodness you're alive and you matter, you know, and you're here for a reason so when i say put your hand on your heart it's kind of like just for people to connect with their heart so that it really does sink in you know i want them to know that it is heartfelt and i'm sending them love um you know and i want them to feel that inside themselves right
0: it's so what's so beautiful about it is that your primary purpose in this it sounds like was to teach your children uh, to inspire them And, you know, you're 10 years into this thing, 10 years after he had those, your son had those seizures. You know, I'm a dad of uh, three boys. You might've heard a couple of them yelling at each other in the background here because my noise cancellation app isn't working right now. And I I almost texted my oldest to say, could you please tell your brothers to stop (laughs) yelling? And then I was like, you know what? I'm leaving it in because this is, this is life with, with kids. And, Tell me, what are some things that you did in those teenage years that you think made a big difference? Because I've got two others that are coming up into teenage years faster than I'd like to admit. And I'd love to hear for myself and for any other parents of teens out there or preteens.
1: Well, the first thing I did do is I did get those little boards and I did put the I am in front of each of their sinks in the bathroom. Okay. Because to me, for them to start the day, sometimes you wake up and you're in a crabby mood or whatever to start the day with a positive thought. And also at the end of the day, normally everyone goes to the bathroom. I put another word. So two times a day, I started with that. The other thing is, I think my kids, especially my youngest one, because of his meds, um, and he didn't like sharing the fact that he was epileptic and he felt different. So he would say, "Uh, my mom doesn't drink, so you can't drink here. So I was like a bit of a scapegoat. And what I did try to do was, You know, I think it was just lead by example. And I did become happier. I was more positive. I had more energy. So when the friends would come over, I made extra special things like in the barbecue or I would ask them questions. And, you know, I would really sit down and talk to them like, um, you know, and get their viewpoints where before it was kind of like hi, bye, whatever. And then, you know, to open the conversation about, You know how you know Matthew would say sometimes, you know, I I can't drink and it bugs me or so sorry, or and then he'd ask me to come in and talk about, you know, how come I don't miss it anymore. And let's be honest. I was honest with all of them that yes, it is you want to be like fun, right? That so-called fun, and you want to be like everybody else, and you want to fit in, but the reality of it is like if you can have a conversation without that liquid courage, you're just going to grow that much faster and mm. that much stronger. So, you know, we just tried the best we could on, you know, keeping doing a lot of sports, you know, and doing um, things like we go uh, rafting, you know, things where you can't be bombed or you cannot really be drinking with it, those kind of uh, um, yeah. activities. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we, we slowly, slowly just, you know, I have to be honest, the other thing is when we did have parties or family functions at the beginning, we didn't stay very long because it is uncomfortable. And, you know, after a few hours of people drinking, it you know, sometimes people will repeat the same story over and over. And when you're not drinking, it gets a little old quite fast. So uh, those are the kind of things we'd leave a little earlier and you know, we, I just tried, we did, you know, to talk about it as much as we could. And when people would ask me not hide and not have shame, you know, because I think that by talking about it, like you're talking about the sunshine, it removes that stigma of, you know, ugliness or, and listen, if you can drink two beers or two glasses of wine and so be it good for you, but some people can't. And for us, I just feel that it's, you know, a wellness. Um, I I try and do it like around wellness, and I have to tell you the kids today. You know, when we were growing up, we all drank and drove, right?
0: Yeah. Today,
1: nobody does that anymore, or much less than in our time. So it is possible to change, right?
0: It certainly is, and you know, not that it's an. In- easy process for those of us who did. And, you know, our gen, and I I'm a 1980 baby. So I'm like right on the cusp of being a Gen Xer, but sort of a millennial. And so I sort of get both generations. Um, But it's been encouraging to see that. And like my uh, son's generations as post millennials, that it's, it does seem like, uh, you know, my 15 year old is kind of like my, (laughs) my, my guide for uh, younger culture. I, I fancy myself at age 42 of still having my finger on the pulse of what's going on. <laughs> and then I really am like, realize yeah. how much I don't, but having said all that, not, I, I love that you, uh, are being the cool mom because I remember, you know, in high school, the cool mom was the one who bought us booze and, you know, like hosted the house party for all of us. And that's, you know, it, it it's wonderful that you tra- that you kind of transitioned that, in your life and tell me about that first year about how it was cuz i know on in another interview that i heard you say that it's that first year was tough for you
1: uh, you know absolutely and that's why i say now i realize i did drink too much because most restaurants it was like over oh, well, here i drink you know red wine with the pasta here it's rosé here if it's sushi it's white wine like everything was you know around alcohol and alcohol you know, we've had problems in our family with alcohol, so I'm not a stranger to it, you know? And, you know, so the first year I did stay quiet. And I have to say, as much as Matthew used me as an excuse not to drink, I used him as an excuse not to drink. Uh-huh. So it kind of like took the stigma away a little. And then all of a sudden one day I woke up and i went like, no, 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 no. I, I, I need this for me. Uh, he gave me back my life that's the way you know I see this I mean when he got sick I was devastated and you know um, I felt like I failed him as a mother that I had missed something somewhere along the way you know Mm -hmm. and you know so I apologized and I told him you know you know I'm sorry for everything I did and you know being that you know everybody would come and drink and whatever and maybe I missed some signs of of him feeling less than you know he should have so I, you know, I'm grateful that I am sober. I'm not saying it's always easy. Uh, last month I went to a party and they had my pink champagne and that was like my all, you know, favorite. And I went like, and I had to like turn around, like just, whoops, <laughs> hey, that's it. Get out of here. You know, because not that I would have, but it's there. Right. And, and I think that's, that's normal and, and that's okay to talk about it. Right.
0: Yeah. And it. I, I love this juxtaposition in the conversation of you've said both, um, and, and both count equally, like, uh, we have to be able to talk about it, but it's also nobody's business, right? It, I, I yeah. love that you said that earlier. So talk to me about that kind of like tension and balance of when do I need to talk? Uh, when, when should I talk about it? When should I not? Um, when do I, kind of get firm in the conversation and sort of saying back off or when do I just kind of laugh it off or you know can you talk to me about some of that awkward tension because I mean I'm I'm very early in sobriety. I I don't know if I even count as a toddler yet. I maybe am at that phase where I'm learning that I'm separate from my mother that I'm a separate person from my mother. I like I'm I'm learning that I'm separate from alcohol but it still can be awkward for people who are especially this early in sobriety. So could you talk to me some about that, that social tension?
1: So for me now, I mean, at the beginning I was, you know, I, like I said, I used Matthew as an excuse. Now I, I come right out straight out. And I will say uh, no, I don't drink. I don't even do the, no, thank you. I'll have Perry. I just, I like cut it like a knife. And I have to tell you nine times out of 10, wherever I am, Somebody comes to sit beside me and says, How did you do that? Because I'm newly Uh, sober. uh, And, you know, or I'll say, And they say, What do you do when you go to a wedding? And I say, I tell everybody, I'll never miss another memory again.
0: It's awesome.
1: And when people say to me, Oh, you know, like, because it's happened in the last 10 years, many times where people have said, You didn't have a problem with alcohol you're fine. You could have, you could have it just one, you know, it's my 50th, it's my 40th, it's this, it's that. And, you know, on some occasions I've had to not be nasty, but I had to put my foot down quite firmly and say, this is a choice I've made. I don't feel I need to explain it any further and just turn around and walk away because it, it is, you know, like I say, it. I think it's still hard enough and I don't think anyone should have to feel that, they owe anyone an explanation. If, if your son or your daughter or my my someone in my family had a peanut allergy, for example, or gluten intolerant, we would never question it. Right. Right? Like, come on. I mean, it's just, it, you just don't. You, you say, oh my God, okay, I'm not going to take out the peanut butter, like right away. And, you know, the other thing is I, I, I try and encourage when people uh, make a huge effort and, you know, make that pitcher of water with uh, berries or or mint in it for me, I'll make, you know, I'll take pictures, I post it. So everybody else sees that, you know, how much I, one, appreciated it. Because in Europe, it seems mocktails are very easily found. And, you know, there's so many different kinds of of alternatives to just water or Perrier or non-alcoholic beer. And so people have that option and you don't have to You know feel uncomfortable because once everybody starts drinking after half an hour 45 minutes you'll notice at a party nobody knows what's in your glass nobody nobody right so it's really the beginning and and some places you know i have to say this summer i met some new people and i did say no i don't drink and i got that look you know that look you know with the eyes like oh she's one of those right
0: Hey, I hope you're enjoying this interview with Kim so far. I'm pausing for a moment because Al and I want to make sure you're aware of the opportunity you have to become an OG of the Kissed Alcohol Goodbye premium service. For just $6 a month, you'll get these six great perks a shout out on Instagram as a premium pod supporter, special access to a members only Instagram chat group, backstage access to watch and listen in during show interviews, sneak preview access to full length unedited episodes ask me anything on members only group zoom calls and bonus members only content during season breaks to learn more, follow the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. And now back to my interview with Kim, <laughs> but tell me more about the eyes though, because you said earlier that, you know, when people maybe with the IM exercise or just, uh, or maybe this was in a different interview that I'm remembering, but you had said that people's eyes light up, like they, that, when they say something that is true and they know it's true, like their eyes can't lie. Like I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this and won't see you on camera, but your eyes, your eyes tell the story of the joy in your life. And so tell me more about that as you meet people, like what do you see in their, their eyes? And how do you, you know, how does that kind of play into your relationships?
1: Well, I have to. It, it, I think it's, you know, now that you've heard me say that, you're going to pay more attention. But everyone that meets, not just me, most sober people that are into wellness, because I call sober and mental health like all wellness, there is without that alcohol, because alcohol is a depressant, it's, you know, it's a known fact, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a light. There's a light in everyone's face, in their eyes, and there's joy. And I think it's partly probably like a shield or proudness that you, you know, you, you, and if you look back at different pictures, pictures are completely different from when I was 45 and when I'm 61, there's, there's a lightness, there's a joy, there's a, there's a brightness, there's a sparkle. And if you notice, I would say 99% of the sober community, you'll see if there's there's this joy and light in their eyes and, And you see the happiness and maybe also because i think um, there's a, a reason i think that a lot of people did start to drink or for myself i was overly sensitive i couldn't really communicate you know and and say things um you know i wasn't that confident and the booze made me feel like oh i could say anything or do anything right and I realize now without it, I communicate much better and I'm much happier and I make a lot more sense than I did then.
0: Right? <laughs> Isn't it funny that we think that if I drink that I'll be, it's like, I want the two or three beer version of myself or, or two or, you know, three or four drink version of myself. But that, it, that version of yourself is still here all the time and we have access to it. It just it's, it just takes some practice. Like we got practiced into accessing that confidence with the artificial aid of, you know, this uh, well poison, but I'll try to not be, too, you know, this, this, this ethanol that we were using as a drug to get us into a place, but, you know, we are capable of, I, tell me how to access that without, without it. I like, what were some practical steps that you took um, early on to, to get to that place where you had more confidence in those social interactions? I,
1: I think, you know, just as time goes on, it it does get easier, right? And people would say, before they even knew I didn't drink, they'd say, wow, you're so happy, you're so positive. And what's your secret? Or, you know, are you a big exercise? And I'd say, no, I don't drink food. I, 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 I let go of alcohol in my life. And I mean, I talk, I think the fact that I talk about it so openly and mental health, because I feel that the two go hand in hand in many, many cases, especially for young kids, you know, and um, that's one thing I seem to encounter a lot of young moms right now with kids that are being diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and they're being given medicine and the kids, when they turn 13, 14, 15, 16, they'll have a beer and. Alcohol with those medications are really, really bad. So I think that, you know, it's just learning to be a little more comfortable. Even at 10 years, I have to tell you, there are moments when, you know, I have felt left out. Um, I, you know, you could be at a wedding and everybody goes to the bar and has a shot and they leave you at the table because a lot of people don't know how to manage, you know, someone not drinking. Yeah. And that, uh, and I think that that's the one thing I'd like for people to, um, not just for me, but for everyone in general, to pay a little more attention. Have those different alcohol, like non-alcoholic drinks, or have Coke, Seven Up, period. Make it easy that it's you know, and and don't leave anybody out sitting at the at the table because it does, it, you know, it does hurt your heart. It does hurt your heart because you kind of feel like oh you know i yeah. i could do that but i could see that sometimes people might think it's a trigger for some to go up to a bar and you know do that shot shot drink um i'm not a big uh, person that drinks a lot of those non-alcoholic drinks i i will have a, a wine once in a while non-alcoholic wine um for a special occasion but i i'm really quite happy with the, the fizzy water and the, yeah. you know, the energy drinks and, and teas and coffees iced coffee is going to be my favorite thing in the whole world. So, oh, awesome. you know, um, I think the most important thing that I did forget to mention is connection. And, yeah. you know, if there are people out there, you know, and it doesn't matter who they are, uh, connect with them every single day. Um, You know, I have one young girl, she's called the Sober Badger. She asked me to do a tattoo with her. Um, I'm not quite a tattoo kind of girl at 61. But, um, you know, for her, that made her feel important and special. And the infinity sign with a pink heart for her and a white heart for me Uh, was, you know, and she was in London, England. We were on WhatsApp. With our technology today, we can reach a lot of different people and she's young and you know what she's going to help somebody else so with you talking about this you're going to help somebody and they can help somebody and I really think that's the most important thing stop you know like because you know we get so busy in our day and we forget you know we forget oh I'll do it later no take that two minutes send a text send a you know a heart it doesn't have to be complicated just let people know that they matter and that you, you know you're there for them and I think that that's the biggest gift and I think that's what our world kind of needs right now more than anything is is compassion and kindness
0: I've just been blown away by the Instagram community and how great everybody's been there and I've met great people like you and uh it, there's just been this no strings attached sort of offer of support it's not like Hey, you know, I will only help you if you subscribe to my thing. It's like there might be a hey if you want to subscribe to my thing, cool. But if not, like I'm here for you just because I like genuinely give a crap about you. It's it's something that I haven't really experienced elsewhere in my life.
1: And, and to be honest with you, you you even said to me, "Do you have time to do a podcast, or would you like to?" And if you don't, I'll still like you anyway. And I mean, that's what I'm talking. You're 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 living proof of what you just said. You know, I the sober runner in England, she does this, um, she's doing a challenge right now, 365 days to walk three miles. Oh,
0: that's And so,
1: cool. so I was, I said, sure, I'm in because I love, love, love. There's so many Brits that are so, you know, fantastic. Yes. And, and so at one point, I got sick with COVID. And I sent her a text saying, you know, sorry, Zoe, you know what, I'm sick. And I, you know, I can't even lift my head off the bed. But I promise you, once I get better, I'll I'll make up the three miles, you know, a mile a day or whatever uh, in in this next year. and And, you know, she went and did a run, and she dedicated it to me. And you oh. know, like you know, you 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 know your eyes fill with water, and you think it's a simple thing, but she made me feel so much better, and you know, just by doing something like that, you know, that's what I'm talking about. I guess maybe we're more alert or we're more in you know, we see kind of, things maybe we didn't see before, you know? And I mean, I have to say probably me for sure. I was tired. I, you know, I, you know, you kind of messy sometimes, you know, your day is kind of like you do the motions without really living. Right. And, uh, without the booze, you're, you know, full of energy, I guess.
0: Yeah. And we can actually make these deeper connections and we're more perceptive. I just love what you said. You can uh, talking about seeing things in, in other people, uh, we notice those things in them and then we're able to like engage with them without either just the the, the veneer of superficial alcohol-based conversations or the sales pitchy kind of like, hey, uh, you know, can I help you? Or the Or the worst form, which I think is even worse, which is like, hey, here's what you should do to change your life. Like sober <laughs> people don't seem like they're, like that, it's like here are here are the things that I've that I've learned and I'm learning. If those are helpful for you, or or asking questions, just like how are you doing with this part of your life?
1: Absolutely, and you know, I, I honestly feel that all these challenges, whether you know people are doing for running or mental health, or um, you know, you know, drink like don't drink for one day, or just like you know, connect somehow whatever everyone is doing is helping somebody else, even though you might not think you are so many people just by posting something are helping somebody. So we need to stick together. We need to really empower and inspire each other every single day. Cause we're just going to help save somebody's life or somebody's day or somebody's child or somebody's husband, you know, like you just never know who is hearing what you have to say.
0: Yeah. And I think in a world of how many likes did I get and, you know, how many views did I have? I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I'm always looking like, did this one, did this reel do better than the last Like, it doesn't matter. I'm such an, yeah. Oh God. Like I, I want to get away from that and remembering that it is just that one. It, it, it really does just come back to that one person and right. Like you said, or maybe it was a recent guest said you can really, change the world with what uh with what you're doing and kim you've been changing a lot of people's lives all across the world if someone wants to get in touch with you where can they find you
1: well i have a website it's sober is the we have our instagram page which is sober period is period the period new period cool and we have a Facebook page, so we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're just about everywhere. So awesome. trust me, you can find us, and we we answer very very quickly. Well, actually, I do. Um, and you know, i I'm I feel that if I can help anybody any way with the resources I have, I'm very happy to do it.
0: Now, the second question is: Where can people get the awesome merch? Is it just there at SoberIsTheNewCool.ca?
1: Yes, or on the Instagram shop or the Facebook shop, okay. all of the above work. So, uh, you know, and all the pro- well, the proceeds after I've paid for the t-shirts go towards mental health and addiction. So this is really a way for people to feel that it's like their little uh, shield of armor and they matter and sober is cool.
0: You've got some really cool people on your website that are wearing some of your your cool merch and um I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show Kim and I will ask you what I've been asking all of my season two guests which is if you had 30 seconds left in your life and you had one opportunity to say something to the world, what would that something be?
1: Well thirty seconds isn't very long it's but not <laughs> I'll say one I'll say one thing. There'll never be another you and the world needs you in it. You are important, you are lovable, and you are enough. And enjoy every moment. Connection is key. Reach out. We are here. We love you. And whatever you can do to help somebody's day, trust me, it's going to come back to you in so many different ways. Your heart will be filled with joy and happiness, no matter how you're feeling. And trust me, it works. Every single time you help somebody else, you're going to feel better about yourself. So just remember you know what, don't worry about the little things because you're here and you matter and we love you.
0: Oh my God, like the first, I'm so conflicted about what to call this episode and name it because you've said so many things that are so good. Like there will never be another you. Like, oh, that's just bam. Like, right, we talked at the beginning about hand over the heart. To me, that's like a bam, like a sternum punch. Like, hey, Dana, remember, like there's only one, and there's only one Al too, only one Al K. Hallfree. I'm pretty happy to be in the studio with this guy. But we had so much fun talking to you today. This was a this was a cool conversation. Kim, thanks again for being here. We really appreciate it.
1: I never forget you're the coolest.
0: Hey, that's right. Thank you. And I will put my hand over my heart and say, I am the coolest. And I, there will never be another me. There's just me. And there will never be another Kim Bellis. Kim, thank you and for all the great work that you do uh join us next time on i kissed alcohol goodbye until then al and i will send and kim will send you our best sober vibes by saying goodbye alcohol and hello life much love to you all and peace